Hi everyone, my name is Project Gill and welcome to the AWARE panel. As you don't know, the AWARE panel is going to talk about loads of issues that we face in today's society and things that our guest wants to bring up. And now, we turn into a podcast. If you didn't know before, we were running off Instagram lives every Thursday at 3pm. But now, we turned into a podcast. So, you can hear this every Thursdays and episodes will come out every Thursday at 3pm. So, stay tuned. Today, we speak with Malin Vita, who is a writer, a radical empathy advocate, and the co-host of the podcast, Making It, Women in Film. Through a lens of cultural and social impact, she works to promote diversity in race, gender, sexuality and ethnicity behind the cameras in the entertainment industry in order to enforce it in front of the camera. Today we talked about how women, people in colour and people with different sexualities are portrayed in the entertainment industry and how it's not been the best for many companies who have done this and it's just a really good chat that we had so hopefully you get some use out of it and yeah so thank you so much for supporting the podcast so far that's what I just wanted to take some time out to thank everyone for listening so far and season two will be coming in a couple of weeks time so that's amazing so yeah so just listen to the episode guys because it's really interesting to hear her story and what she thinks about the industry as a whole Hi everyone and welcome to the 24th episode of the Aware Panel and today we have Malin who is the co-host of Making It, a writer and a radical empathy advocate. She talks about how diversity and inclusion are shown in the entertainment industry and what changes we need to make. So Malin, do you want to introduce yourself in a bit more detail? Yeah, yeah. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm the co-host along with my friend Shanae Beethun of a podcast called Making It Women in Film, um, where we basically, every week we sit down with a woman working in the film or TV industry um, and just talk about their experiences, advice they have for people in similar fields uh, and just all of their opinions on the industry, on entertainment, in ge- and stuff like that in general the reason that- mm, sorry no, it's okay okay yeah so th- yeah thank you for that introduction is very basic so um firstly I want to know why have you decided to talk about this diversity in the entertainment industry within each social group that we have today mm. well I think it's that way where when you look at the grand screen at least of like mainstream media it is people are gonna hate when I say it but it's just so white male and straight when that isn't the majority of the population and so to have that not be reflective of the society we live in I just think can be quite damaging to a lot of people um, not only to the people of minority who watches it and then don't see themselves represented don't see themselves reflected don't see their experiences but also for people who don't know these communities and then because they're introduced to it through stereotypes or perceptions rather than reflections, they then can misinterpret them and it can just cause further prejudice. Um, because media, pop culture, it is so influential. It, 
it is the way we introduce to so much in the world. And so for me, I think it's just so important to work to diversify this industry and entertainment in general. Yeah, yeah, it's like really important to have that as well, like, um, because you see like in certain TV shows or movies, you don't see what happens behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to talk about this later on, but I'm going to refer to Glee later on, what Mm -hmm. happened with the situation there. I'm going to refer to that later on. But yeah, so how do you think that in today's society, does um, diversity have been brought in, such as like the age or skin colour or gender, um, whatever social group there may be out there? Mm-hmm. I mean, we are seeing at least a little more uh, representation of women in the mainstream media, but oftentimes those women are still uh, white, straight, cisgender, and usually in a very you know a slim body type as well uh, and so we are seeing more um i think what especially in big genres like action heroes and stuff like that we have you know wonder woman captain marvel um black widow still coming through you know and also having female directors direct them so it's not such a pervasive um point of view that you can sometimes get with male directors um what I would say is when you look at statistics for age especially when if we look at just women um women (laughs) after uh, female actors turn 40 um or 35 even the roles go down. However, when you look at the age category for male actors, they actually have more roles when they cross 35. And so there is this, there's a lot of ageism combined with sexism in the industry. And we're also seeing more and more, um, even though we are seeing more and more uh, diversity in terms of race, uh, race and different ethnicities and nationalities and stuff like that, it's peop- when you look at the actual data, you can see that even though we are seeing it more on screen, it's not as happening as much behind the screen. And so that's where I think we really need to start having that diversity behind the screen first, because that's also how you ensure that when you see people of different ethnicities, it isn't just pandering, it is like genuine reflection of different experiences. Yeah. Yeah, that literally makes sense. Like, in the, like, I'm going to say the old days, as I'm saying it Mm -hmm. right now. But back then, you see more male leads in shows. And the story does revolve about men and women being as a subordinate. Mm -hmm. But I think now they're changing it slightly with women being the protagonist in that sense. Mm -hmm. Like, you see, like, with Disney shows, they're all based around a woman like Mm -hmm. I see that like you see like with Hannah Montana that based Mm -hmm. around her if you talk about with Wizard Way please that was about Selena Gomez Mm -hmm. like you see many women are now coming up into entertainment industry I -hmm. think with this industry in particular I think it's easier to get to get into as a female now than Mm -hmm. any other industry if you see sports you don't see many like women playing sports like there is a women's world cup and no one even knows about it because it's just not out there and then you also have with 
with the film industry, you see so many women just coming together, reuniting as one. Mm-hmm. And I think women in women in film is easier to get into than any other industry. But with the sense that there is more diversity, as you said, if it was a woman, they are predominantly white, straight. Like, mm-hmm. as you just said right there. Yeah. And you don't see many, like, for example, black women or mm-hmm. Asians or Mexicans. You just see that um, image of a white straight or even like a, like a um, queer person on mm-hmm. film as well. Like, there's, I think right now we're starting to get that because of obviously the whole movement and things like that everything is going around right now and I think it's just in that case so what do you think about like how does like issues such as like the Black Lives Matter movement the LGBTQ community Mm -hmm. has affected film? I think it has become I think it's put a lot of pressure on the industry and I think it's really good that it has Um, the industry is so uh, one of our guests on a podcast said it was very inherited, which I think is kind of the root to so many of these problems, especially when we talk about Hollywood, it's a lot of families. And so it just goes on and on that way. But I think having these social pressures of having, you know, queer pride, having Black Lives Matter, having feminism, all these movements um, has put pressure. And you cannot longer say, um, well, no one's going to go watch a movie with an all black cast because look at Black Panther, look at us, look at Get Out. You know, these saying that this stuff doesn't make money isn't like even even though like it, you shouldn't have to make money to, you know, have diversity. Um, you can't say that anymore. You know, like black people, women queer people we go to the cinema you know women make up 52 percent of ticket sales and so it's ridiculous that we're not represented in that margin as well um i think what what we can see is because of the uh, it's maybe pressure isn't well I, i would say pressure is probably the right word in a sense that um studios are realizing that if you make a movie now with an all-white cast, like, <laughs> you're going to get more backlash, you know? Um, so even if they hire it for pandering's sake, um, see, that's... I had a conversation the other day about pandering with a friend and how sometimes it does come across as if they simply throw in um, a diverse cast of characters simply because they don't want to upset anyone and it's not actually that well-written. But at the end of the day, I then think also, you know, um, at least some people got hired for it. At least people, you know, were paid for it. But uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement, we are seeing direct... I mean, what we've seen in the past few months is people are really highlighting all these amazing Black creators that are out there. We're highlighting movies made by them, TV series that are really educational and insightful. And we need to have these perspectives that that aren't even that new. You know, you have Ava DuVernay's Selma. That's not a new movie. It's been out there. But now people are going to go watch it even more. Um, And there's going to be more movies like that as well. But I also think it's important, of course, to not only hire black people to write about the trauma. You know, it should be just for their creativity and just because they are, you know, 
when you hire people with different experiences, you're going to get so much more creativity in your work, um, so many more opinions than if you hire only people who think like you or have had the experiences like you or the same perspectives. Uh, I think it is really exciting, though. Obviously, it's tragic that a movement such as Black Lives Matter have to happen, but I think it's really uh, good to see how big it has been recently and I hope it carries on and I hope people don't just move on from it and then neglect all of the change that we are demanding um, and I do think we will see it in the future in movies I think you know Black Panther did amazing and it's gonna get a sequel um, Nia da Costa was just hired as the first black female director uh, for Captain Marvel 2 and stuff like that we are just seeing it more and more um, yeah yeah like people don't think that there is so much work into getting diversity mm. like you see like the move, all the movements that's been happening recently, not just the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. but everything else revolves around that. Like you have Women's March, mm-hmm. like in March, and then you yeah. also have like the LGBT, like the Pride Month. Mm-hmm. You have things like that. Mm-hmm. People don't think that it's so much hard work to get into those industries, but mm-hmm. it's so tough, mm-hmm. especially as like actual actors or actresses coming into the industry. Mm-hmm. I think, like, as you said, that it's that image of a straight white woman or straight mm-hmm. white man and family. Like, mm-hmm. as, I'm, as I'm thinking, I think there is, like, improvements in that. You have more blended families. You have more mixed-race families. Mm-hmm. You have more things being represented. But it's not going to be the same amount as, like, the typical image of, obviously, a... Um, or how can I say this, of a typical family, if I'm saying it right? I don't know. But, yeah, so if you're saying it in a way that is just like, yeah, we're just this white family, we do this and do that. Like, if you see, I'm, di- I'm, I'm just referring to Disney because yeah. it has so much diversity in there. But um, I'm, was, I'm comparing two shows here. So I'm comparing the show Good Luck Charlie. That's a predominantly white family. Mm-hmm. You see, with the two teenagers, two children, and the parents, mm-hmm. that's a predominantly white family. I, <laughs> yeah, so it's just things like that. And then you see a show like Jesse, adopted kids, kids coming into the family, all different backgrounds, all different exactly. races. They have all Asians, blacks, whites, mm-hmm. Mexicans. Mm-hmm. I see that, and I'm like, this is this is what we need in. Exactly. like inclusive in entertainment today and even modern families too that's such a blended family like you see people from different ethnicities different backgrounds mm. different sexualities i think family like the entertainment industry portraying families is like really essential in that sense mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. And especially what you said with Jesse, because it, it, it is for kids and loads of kids are going to watch it. It's not just going to be ki- uh, white kids watching it, you know? So, you know, to you know, for all of them to be able to see themselves there and see themselves still as a family. And I just think that was really lovely. Um, and something, it's not that hard, you know, it's not that difficult to do. Um, 
but yeah, Jesse, like, when you bring it up, I'm like, yeah, that's right. They did a really good job there. Um, definitely. I think Disney has like mixed reactions to it. Like you have the ones that is perceived as the typical family, but then you have shows like that that mm-hmm. shows inclusion and diversity. So um, yeah, this is actually leads <laughs> on to my next question, which is obviously in certain TV shows and movies, there's been an increase in diversity. So it's just more about your opinion about the diversity, not just within families, but also within the storylines as well. Like, mm-hmm. how can you explain the storylines as being more diverse? I think it's... This was also part of a conversation I was having the other day where... You know, when you do bring in uh, ethnic and racial diversity, at what point does their story arc only resolve around, you know, um, their identity? And at what point does it, uh, you know, just become about them and not just, you know, how they were born and how they look? Uh, Because I think it's very important to not just limit, to not just hire a black girl because you want her to talk about how, like her experience as a as a black girl you know she's people are much more than just things that are out of their control you know how they're born in that um so for storylines i think some great series like you know dear white people they are really intersectional in that way where they cross over all the different aspects how racism affects different people women mixed race gay gays and so on and like the differences in there and how you know different family relations and it's not just about you know it's it's not con right it's not like you can put a person and then list their identities and then in like an excel format and then it'll give you a storyline that's not how it works they these people are all so individual um, and I think Dear White People is a great example of a show that takes experiences on like a person-by-person basis. It's not just, oh, this must happen to her because of X, Y, Z, you know. They really go into it as a proper story and there's so much more to them than just their race or the gender or the sexuality. Um yeah, I mean, there are many stories, I think, that do a really good job of just incorporating different struggles, um, but not like Pose, which is one of my favorite shows, which is based um, around the 80s and 90s in the ballroom era um, and focuses a lot of on queer and especially trans issues and especially the intersections with racism there. Uh, and at the time with a, with the AIDS epidemic and stuff like that, it does a really good job of showing them as people. They are people, they are humans, they are not words on a page, uh, so much more than that. And then there are, you know, series that struggle to write these different storylines because they are... Uh, I'll assume that they are behind the screen. They are probably mostly white uh, or male or straight, you know, writers. And therefore, they're not going to get all these different experiences and inputs. And they'll think, oh, this person must have this experience because of, you know, X, Y, Z. 
That's so true. Like, I completely agree with you. Like, with the typical storylines, how they, um, like, I'm going to say romance because romance is very general. <laughs> yeah. The all focus either is just a guy falling in love with a girl, getting together, have some problems in the middle. That's just like any other relationship, but they make it more exaggerated. Yeah. I think, but then you have the other kind, which is love triangle. That is another thing that I see in many romance films. And I see like how like they go out like just to see who they want and then it's just it's just really confusing. But that's I think that's the predominant <laughs> thing. But if you see more diverse things like showing a lesbian couple going mm-hmm. through the struggles and stigma that they might have around them, mm-hmm. I think people can relate to that a lot more or even make relationships meet, seem more realistic so people mm-hmm. can like relate to it more than, oh, this is the picture-perfect thing. People are trying to... People are influenced by that and they're going to try to do the same thing where mm-hmm. in real life we all know... it cannot happen sometimes and I don't want to disappoint anyone out there who <laughs> might think this is the picture perfect relationship you need to have one but sometimes it can really disappoint you and it's not as easy as the film show like mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's crazy so um yeah so my next question is do you think diversity and inclusion should have been done before <sighs> I mean I wish it would have uh, then we I think there's a lot that could have been prevented, a lot of harm. Um, Like I was watching the other day, Netflix has a new documentary called Disclosure, which is about the history of the portrayal of trans people in the media. And you really see there how with all the transphobia, uh, a lot of it is connected to misogyny and so much. It's so, so layered um, a lot of it has different intersections and when it comes to different races um, and so much of it I can just see how it has affected people who haven't met any trans people and yet have become angered and filled with hatred because of these presumptions that we've been presented throughout the media and so it, if it had been inclusive from the start um, if it had been a place where people could tell all of their stories regardless of the content. And uh, I think I think it would have the world would have been really, really different because we start like, you know, people go like, oh well, I didn't, you know. Uh, we didn't have Netflix and all that in the 80s, but still, you know, you watch movies, <laughs> you you saw, you, we are we, we are so influenced by the way that movies are portrayed. There's a lot of subconsciousness. We probably won't realize it until it's pointed out to us. A lot of internalized, maybe, internalized misogyny, internalized homophobia, things that have been so ingrained in us from we were so young um just because a very subtle thing subtle things like never seeing a gay couple on screen when you were a kid because that wasn't quote-unquote kid-friendly and then you start to connect with that and then you start thinking that gay people are inappropriate stuff like that very subtle things that have been you know just planted like small seeds across television and movies I think especially the exclusion of gay people, of women, of black women, of black people, of Asians, of 
all kinds of people that aren't white, male and straight has really, really affected the way we look at the world, the way we interact with people. Um, you can see it in the way that people of older generations react to a lot of diversity because it is so different from what they grew up with because they were so segregated from everything else around them. Um, so, yeah, it had the industry not started out as simply a medium for white straight men. Well, a lot of them weren't straight, but had to, of course, hide it. Um, I, I wonder what the world would look like. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so true. Like, for, I, I think with the... I think that, like, the film industry is trying to, like capture what is happening in real time Mm -hmm. like when there was a stigma around gay people or lesbians they tried to capture that then or do the opposite of that maybe Mm -hmm. now I think now that more things are coming up they're trying to include a bit more because they know it's part of the trend and people would want to watch it I think (coughs) sorry about this just getting my throat Um, yeah but um, yeah, so it's just more like the entertainment industry is just trying to follow people's trends, and you're co- seeing now more documentaries coming out, which yeah. captures real life experiences. I think I'm a documentary girl. I watch different documentaries nice. because, yeah, because I don't think films are too like <coughs> realistic. Mm-hmm. They are not too realistic. They're they're like too exaggerated and documentaries they show the raw experiences within people so Mm -hmm. it's things like that and as you said that some people may feel excluded as well from seeing this back in Mm -hmm. the days I think yeah it's just with me I'm I'm a person of color Mm -hmm. I'm a predominantly Asian Indian person and like what if when I saw Princess Jasmine on Aladdin mm. it wasn't my religion but she was a brown person and I could relate to her I saw her struggles with her father not letting her out or and I felt that because I grew up with something like that but my my parents weren't too abusive but mm. I grew up with strict parents mm. and I saw that within Princess Jasmine herself that she was trapped in a castle or palace but I felt her pain at the same time but since then I haven't really seen anyone predominantly coming up like feeling the same struggles like I've seen the new Netflix show Indian Matchmaker that's too exaggerated it's not it's not as realistic as actual matchmaking is like it's just things like that that people just need to change like don't exaggerate things which is not true that's all I'm saying. So mm. it actually leads on to cultural <laughs> inclusion. So how do you think cultural inclusion has a, had an impact on individuals? By cultural exclusion, what, what exactly do you mean? And like things if like, you know, like more Mexican, Latinos, mm. Mm. Black people, Asians, mm. Indians, like yeah. people around the world mm-hmm. like yeah. how do you think shows are now including them and how mm-hmm. do you think is impacting the audience 
Well, first of all, I think it's a really great way for people who aren't from those places to be introduced to them, um, to see different things in the world, to see different cultural experiences and to get more of an understanding of cultural context and so on. But also just it feels nice. Like I, I'm not English, I'm Danish and Norwegian. And um, the other day I went on Netflix and I saw that there's a show called Norsemen, uh, which, which is about Norwegian. Norwegian Vikings and it's all it's made by a uh, Norwegian television but they speak English with a really good Norwegian accent and I remember seeing that and I haven't been to Norway in a really long time after moving here and I was like oh man this is this is so cool like I just I couldn't stop smiling just because the accents were really good because they were actually done by Norwegian people you know it wasn't like a weird imitation and they didn't for some reason have British accents which a lot of Vikings have for some for whatever reason it just it feels nice and I can imagine for anyone like Mexican, Indian and whatever other um, ethnic background, it, it, it feels nice when you see yourself there. It feels nice when you see yourself on a big screen and you know that other people are going to be able to uh see the same thing and of course a lot of people can go like, oh well American movies shouldn't have to have Mexicans in them. But People have to realize that American movies make up the majority of the like top grossing movies globally. When you look at the top 10 movies in the world, um, often per year, often, uh, you know, like six or seven out of 10 of them are from North America. And then some other ones are from China um usually from China because they do have such a big market and can get up on the global stage but everyone around the world watches movies from Hollywood um so I think it is really important to have that inclusion there even though it's not from you know even though America's not Mexico I think it's good to have Mexican representation there and it's have different stories just have different stories because the world is so diverse America is really diverse um, the UK is really diverse and it would be a shame to not tell those stories. I think with um, the whole thing about like cultural inclusion, it's coming to more production companies are more into that now. They like to follow people's trends and I think with they including more people like Latinas or mm like Mexicans into mm. a blended family, for example, even black mm-hmm. people coming in, mm-hmm. like as we said about the shows as well. And yeah. it does happen, like it does change over time. And you see, you hopefully one day we will see like an all like black family that we do have some, but not mm. as much as like the typical image, as I mm. was talking about before. We still mm. don't that have that typical image. So I want to change that. We really mm. need to change that yes. in the industry. And more companies who are more aware about it, mm. I think it's a good thing. So, yeah. Mm. So now, as I was saying at the beginning, I'm going to talk about the show Glee. <laughs> I don't know if you don't know but one of the co-stars she was facing racial discrimination from the lead star and um it's Leah Michelle she was no, making some racial discrimination against her co-star and what do you think about that 
obviously it's horrible and I think I, I haven't watched Glee I've seen a fair amount of clips on Twitter so I know kind of the tone of it and to be fair same it. here to be fair same here <laughs> um but it's it's so horrible and it's what's worse is like Glee was a f- like fairly long time ago and so for her to only now feel comfortable saying that publicly I don't even want to know all the other stuff that went on behind the scenes there I think when you give the problem is when and this goes for you know systematic racism in general is that when white people are in power and when white people are you know um insinuated or subconsciously get to think that they are superior or have you know a bit of hold and can kind of entitlement it's entitlement it's entitlement at the at its finest and it's a feeling of not needing to hold themselves accountable and it's when one person like when one person gets away with something then all the other people get away with it as well um it's it's tragic all the racism that goes on behind the scenes um there's so much that's still so silent like I recently found out that a lot of stunt women or stunt stunt performers uh for black people are really often put in blackface like are really often white stunt performers put in blackface um that's not something we see because it's still behind the scenes but uh, I was reading an actress she went on her first show her first gig uh, for her first time needing a stunt performer and then she was greeted by a white woman in blackface you know imagine like that it's so disrespectful and it's shocking that it is so normal uh, it's something that I hadn't heard about until last week um, I think we just really what what's so great about you know after what's happened in the past months with Black Lives Matter where companies productions uh, have just been called out and are forced to being held accountable uh, because it's all out in the open and no one's going to want to work with them unless they change their ways um we see that pressure we see that they cannot get away with things like this anymore it's the same as what happened you know with times up and me and the me too movement is that it just inspires people to speak up because when one person can do it and you know other people get behind it it just gives all the more power to the other ones affected and it goes kind of a you know uh feel of like you know uh, other people have done this and people are now going to listen people do care um yeah but obviously it's horrible that she had to go through that answer it was so horrible to go through like i don't watch glee myself as you said mm-hmm. but hearing that just this year after all what was happening with the whole movement mm-hmm. i think she felt more comfortable just speaking about it and mm-hmm. the fact that she was out of a contract too just made it made it more empower empowering mm-hmm. like she did it i think she did quite at the right time when people were listening about racial racial injustice and mm-hmm. it was very empowering but at the same time I feel bad for her I feel like all those white people are just like discriminating just because of a skin color like I don't understand people these days why would they do that like it's just it's just not fair and society is not society is not fair as a whole so I felt really bad for her and I felt 
bad for every single person who has to go through that. And as you said about blackface, blackface is like a major issue that we do face within the white community. They're trying to do blackface just so they can raise more attraction. Like people do that just just to raise their attraction, and mm-hmm. it's just really sad to see. Honestly, yeah. it's just really sad to see. Like people don't understand. Like how they evil go through. So to say things like that is just not really、mm-hmm. good. So yeah. yeah. So I got、um, we're wrapping up a bit. So、okay. got two more questions. So、um, how do you think young entertainers like the Generation Z, such、mm-hmm. as yourself and other people, will bring more diversity?、Mm-hmm. I think what's great with our generation is the fact that we have the internet. And it's just the fact that we don't need permission anymore to make content. We don't need to go to an executive and ask them for permission, and for them to say, "No, you actually need a male producer for this to be approved," or you know, no one's going to watch this because it's just women, or no one's going to watch this because there's no white women. That's not going to happen anymore because we can make our own stuff. We can, you know, there's so many、uh, amazing comedians.、Uh, Gen Z comedians on TikTok and so many filmmakers that are getting opportunities just through YouTube, where they can upload their own short films and get discovered that way. I think what is so great about our generation is that we care about these things. We want to make a difference. We want to see a difference, and so we are going to be that difference. And we we're not we don't we don't care <laughs> we don't care what the older people say anymore. We we're just gonna. Go and do it. We're going to make these skits, or we're going to make these short films, or full length film, and we're going to, you know, I think independent cinema is really going to become quite big in the next few years because, um, I I think the time for waiting is over, and I think we're tired of being told no. Uh, tired. Of you know having these shut the doors shut like there's a quote by Eva Duvernay where she says I'm not gonna keep on I'm not gonna、uh, keep on knocking these doors I'm gonna gonna go gonna go and make my own door you know and walk right through that and I think that's what our generation is definitely going to do with the access and the accessibility we have you know just pick up our phone It, it's so easy now、um, and I think people just have to realize that the industry is changing and. Also, we are in charge because we are the viewers,、um, and people are going to have to cater towards that as well. Social media are the two words I'm going to say, the、mm-hmm. phrase I'm going to use about how Generation Z is going to move forward. Yes, because it's easier to get auditions. It's easier,、mm-hmm. kind of, to get into it. I know it's more competitive, but social media does play a part in it. If you have like a big、mm-hmm. social media. So、you're more likely to get casted into a film or a TV、mm. show. I think it has impacted the way entertainment has gone through、mm. and the way that、um, sales are going through as well. Like,、mm. it's crazy to think how diversity will bring such empathy for that. Like, you、mm. see more talented people. For example, Instagram. Like, I'm gonna say Instagram because everyone、mm. uses it. To be fair, you <laughs>、yeah. see like. These、um, people rising to fame and then getting casted in some movie—they're going to bring more attraction. And especially if they're a 
ethnic minority or if mm-hmm. they come from a certain background it's going to be more attractive nowadays yeah. instead of that predominantly white person I'm not bashing on white people by the way so, <laughs> so uh, no, no. But it's, it's amazing to see them on as well but we don't see much of everyone else and it's just that in that sense so yeah. my last question is what advice would you give to anyone who's facing discrimination or facing any injustice to the entertainment industry in regards to the whole diversity and inclusion? Um, First of all, if you do happen to go through that, I am so sorry. Um, Second of all, speak up, find your people. That's something I've really found um, to be a huge thing for me is finding people who will support you, who will have your back, um, and who will not let you just, you know, um, suffer in silence. Uh, people are listening. Um, we, we're we going to change. This is going to change what I did with my podcast because I, as a female in the film industry uh, who's, you know, trying to break through, I just didn't know any women around me. And so I got my, you know, my, my film student friend and I was like, hey, like we should just make this podcast where we, you know, uplift the voices of other women in the industry. Finding your people, finding communities, finding people who resonate with you. And not 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 to go all like yes men and stuff like that. It's good to be challenged, but it's so important to find these communities and again as you said with social media there's so many groups there's uh i know a lot of uh groups for like black writers black editors where you can get to know each other and then you can talk with each other find people in different positions um and just just connect speak up we will stand with you um yeah amazing that's just amazing piece (laughs) of advice so thank you so much for coming on like it's just been a pleasure talking to you and raising these issues that we face today Mm -hmm. it's such an amazing talk that we had today and we think that it's going to help many people around whoever is listening so thank you everyone for listening to today's episode (laughs) if you want to subscribe to us on spotify and apple cards just search the aware panel and make sure you subscribe to us and also comment like give a review give a review and see if we can improve what things we want to see in season two everything like that so yeah so thank you so much once again malin for coming on thank you for coming thank you for having me no, no problem. This is so awesome what you're doing. No I problem. Applaud it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for watching today's episode. If you liked it, put a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you subscribe and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear feedback from you, so make sure you do that. Also, spread the word about the Aware panel because this is such a platform where people could just talk about anything and we would encourage everyone who listens to this podcast to be listening to us. See you guys later. Bye!